from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 371, ADFS and OAuth 2, with guest John Craddock, recorded Thursday, May 15th, 2014. Run As Radio is produced each week by WAP Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. I'm here at TechEd. It's the end of the third day, and I uh, ran across John Craddock. And John, you've never been on my show before, which I find embarrassing, because you're kind of a staple, at least in the ADFS world. Yeah, well, like, you've never invited me. That's the uh, reason. It's totally <laughs> my fault. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm, I work out of the UK as an infrastructure and security architect, mm-hmm. um, but the practice these days is pretty much around the world. I specialize in identity, federation, active directory, but actually anything nasty and tricky I like. <laughs> um, so although, although I have this theoretical role as an architect, I still like to get my hands dirty. So you will find me in the data center troubleshooting problems. Um, particularly, I, I enjoy networking. I enjoy things like IPv6, direct access. So, and, um, one of the things I've done for years, in fact, I figured it out is this is my 17th tech ed I've wow. spoken at. Not 17th tech ed, sorry, it's the 17th year. year. Okay. So, so 17 so years. So it's back. a lot of tech eds. 97? Uh, I think he started in 96, dude. You may have yeah, almost spoken I, at them yeah, all. No, I, I attended the second ever tech ed as a, as, um, uh, as a, as an attendee. Oh, okay. So I did, I think, three years as an attendee and then. And then you've been then, speaking ever since. I've been speaking ever since. Oh yeah. my goodness. Like I said, it's sort of charity work for, for Microsoft. Oh, right? I, no, I never, <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> it's supporting Microsoft in the, in the cause. And it's a massive show. Yes. You know, I mean, this is where you get a thousand people that care about identity in one room all at once. I mean, I've got to imagine you packed a few big rooms in this week. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, I'd, I'd say it's a sort of more along the five, five to seven hundred in it's still a of, big room. It's a big room. Yeah, but, no kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a little bit of an esoteric subject. However, with um, the work Microsoft are doing on uh, the uh, well, Microsoft Azure Active Directory, right? Um, I, the identity space is changing dramatically. And, it's and, a serious complication to put real services in the cloud, but have the identity rules still sitting on premises. Like that's not an easy thing to solve. No, I mean, this, this is, uh, and this is where your sort of federated protocols come in. Right. And I mean, the, the challenge with that is you, you need to, I mean, uh, you, you either, you either go to a third party identity provider right. who actually looks after the federation of your users for you, or you deploy something like you, you support, deploy a security token service on premise. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the offering from Microsoft is, is ADFS. Right. Now, the latest version of ADFS, which I must correct anyone that uses the term ADFS version 3. Um, <laughs> You're not allowed to call it, it that? It is not. You're not allowed to call it that. <laughs> okay. Um, it is actually, uh, it's ADFS on server 2012 R2. Okay. All right. The fact so, that it might be the third version of ADFS is not important. It's not important. Okay. But, I mean, you will, you will see on the internet, um, you will see references to people calling it 
uh, version, version three. three. Okay. Even I think I've seen some technic blogs in which it's called version three, but because um, I was concerned about this, so I asked the product group, and they said, "No, no, no, it's nope. ADFS Best. on Server 2012 R2." R2. So, um, so there's been a lot of changes in that, uh, all for the better. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've now got the uh, sort of mass appeal of the uh, Azure Active Directory. Yeah, absolutely. And um, lots of opportunities of uh, working between that and your on-premise as well. Well, I re you know, in the early days of Federation, this was something we were only going to use when we had organizations that needed to be connected together in some way. It was an acquisition or they had a long-term vendor partnership or something, and you were trying to save pain for these two groups of people to be able to, you know, sort of represent security to each other. The other way of saying that was to say, Federation worked great when nobody used it. <laughs> but now, because the cloud has become so important, and, and Azure specifically has really stepped up to the game with an amazing group of services, we need to use Federation a lot. I just wonder if it's grown up enough that regular mortal IT folks can make it work. It's not just the, the realm of wizards. Um, it's certainly going in that direction. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the, the real advantage of, of using the federated protocols, I mean, well, if we, if we step back a bit, I mean, you've, you've got a server in Active Directory using Kerberos, right? right? The server has a tightly coupled relationship with your Active Directory. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, but with, with federated protocols such as SAML, such as, um, uh, you know, SAML P is the protocol, right. the WS Federation. Um, the, you have a relationship that you establish between, let's say, the target resource server mm -hmm. and the identity provider. That relationship's established. But once it's established, there's no traffic that goes between the two. Right. Once uh, you've got the token, you're done. Yeah. So, well, you're, it's, it's decoupled. It's once you've got the relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you, when the client comes along, it is actually going to go to the resource server. The resource mm -hmm. server says, I don't know who you are. But I know someone I trust. Go ask them for a token. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and it's an, just a standard HTTP or under HTTPS, but it's an HTTP um, uh, redirect, right? Which takes you up to the um, to, to the actual uh, security token service, and security token service says, "Oh yes, okay." Log you in, authenticate you, gives you back security token, mm -hmm. which is crafted specifically for the resource you want to go to. Right. Um, and that means that. That resource server, because we've got no coupling between the resource server and the authentication server, the resource server can be absolutely anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it can be on your premises. It can be on your partner's premises. It can be in the cloud. Right. And how do we authenticate to it in exactly the same way? Yeah. That's re it's really interesting. You know, that all, when all these pieces work right, it's pretty compelling. The trick is making it all work you, you right. Say, yeah, I know. You sound a skeptic. Well, <laughs> It's remarkably debug resistant, isn't it? Like when things go wrong, trying to track down these problems is not easy. Because you're generally throw, just throwing a stone wall. No. Well, it, it, uh, yes and no. Um, it's uh, you, you, you basically, if you want to see what's happening on the wire, yeah. it's, it's a very clearly defined protocol. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a very simple protocol. Because if you think about it in terms of the authentication, uh, most of the time it's a browser that's doing the authentication. Yes. So it's got to be everything a browser can support. Yeah, so which is HTTP basically TLS, gets, right? Well, it's, it's, well if, we, if we take it down to the... Uh, rather than the transport security, right. I mean, it's just basically, it's 
HDTV gets, its puts, yeah. you know, its redirects, um, yeah. and all of that just has to uh, work in post. Nothing fancy. Nothing than fancy that. at all. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is we need to look at it and see what's going on. Mm-hmm challenges you uh, look at it and see what's going on with the network sniffer and as you write it's, it's all encrypted it's all encrypted so you look at that <laughs> and you say what's going on you don't I can't have see a anything. clue so what you need is is something uh, along the lines of fiddler right and and in fact i would say you need fiddler because i I've i used, love fiddler yeah i've used fiddler for years mm-hmm. um and it always surprises me you know in in a in a presentation you ask how many people are using fiddler and it really should be everyone's hands yeah. going it's up. It's a free tool, guys. Just go get it. It's a free tool, and it's a really good free yeah. tool. Um, and, and the fact that it's in the browser, so that it's using the browser's termination of TLS, so you get the decryptive packets. You're just ah. seeing what the browser actually got. It's it's, But it's not. <laughs> oh, it's not? No, no, it's not. It's outside of the browser. Oh. You, can, you can get... Um, Things like HTTP watch, et cetera, that actually integrate in with the browser. Right. What actually happens with um, using Fiddler is it effectively performs a man in the middle attack. <laughs> so, so it's, it's a friendly man. It's a friendly man. And it sets itself up as a, uh, as a proxy. Okay. So your browser actually so it's been, is it's found a WinINet? Yes. Okay. So, so your, bra- your browser actually um, talks to the proxy. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's so, and then having having um, talked to the proxy, what happens is the proxy terminates the SSL session, right? And and you have to accept the fact that Fiddler is going to spoof the certificate for you, right? right? So and, your browser is going to complain. Hmm? Will your browser complain about that? No, because what you have to do is you have to put the Fiddler certificate in your root store. Oh, okay. Right? So this is very much a testing. You you make sure you clear all these Fiddler yeah. certificates out right. before you. But it but it means that Fiddler can terminate the um, session. Right. Can then log all of the the traffic, mm-hmm. and then it st- it remakes the HTTP session to the target system. Right. Using its certificate, so the, you, so that your browser's happy. You, so yes. So you, you you've been terminated by the spoof certificate right and then it, it will just connect to the certificate on the on the uh, the, the, uh on the destination, destination machine, machine. And, it, and the destination machine knows no different the destination machine knows no different with, with the exception of to prevent man in the middle attacks yeah there was a, a thing called channel binding and ex- you got extended protection on iis servers okay and uh, if you've got extended protection on this on, when you actually go to authenticate, you'll find that the authentication dialog will come up. You put your username and password in, right? And the authentication dialog will come up, and you say, "Oh, I must have got the password wrong." Yeah. Username, password, and then the authentication dialog will come <laughs> up, and and there's some very obscure error message. If you look on the the target server, like unable to authenticate you and you you sit and scratch your head for a while yeah and and what it is it's this um extended protection that's it's on. actually aware of the fact yeah, that this there's something it's, it's, aware, it's aware of the fact that the ssl channel has been broken right because what happens is the authentication channel and the ssl channel are bound together yeah and what's when it gets to the other end of course they're not bound together anymore because they were terminated by fiddler right and fiddler's sitting in the middle so um again to use fiddler uh, for a target, you might have to turn that off. Um, uh, with the current implementation of ADFS, with the server 2012 mm-hmm. R2 implementation yes. of ADFS, um, you, you don't have to worry. It's not actually using 
this uh, channel binding. Oh, okay. So it's not an so issue. It's not going to interfere with things. And sort of getting back to the story, when you actually want to watch this process going on, you can see the handshakes of the security tokens, at, uh, getting uh, getting your identity and getting the security token back from you if you're with, through Fiddler. Yeah, actually, I mean, what you'll see is is you'll see the, the user hit the resource server. Right. The resource server saying... Hey, here's a redirect. Go to um, go to the security token service, right. and the, in the redirect, what you'll see is the action it wants you to perform, which is sign in. Right. Right. So it gives you the the uh, URL to go to, mm-hmm. and then it's a sign in, and then it's it's you specifies the realm you're signing in for, right. i.e., the resource server that you want a token for, mm-hmm. and then it specifies another couple of parameters, right. You then go through the process of actually um, interacting with the security token service, which is your ADFS server, and you, you might have a thing called Home Realm Discovery happening. You you know you might have forms authentication. It might go off and you might go off and get a Kerberos token. Right. But after you've authenticated with the ADFS server, what it will do is it will give you a two hundred OK. Yeah. Right. Plus a, a raft of cookies, and those those cookies allow you to come back. And just seamlessly authenticate against the ADFS server. So having this page that you get back is actually a hidden form with a post method. No kidding. Yep. And okay. down the bottom of the hidden form is a submit button. Yeah. A little bit of JavaScript to automatically submit it. Where does it get submitted to? It gets submitted to the resource server. Right. And inside that page is a SAML token. Okay. And in the SAML token, it has all the claims that that user has. So UPN, maybe maybe group membership, or whatever you whatever you want to put whatever in there. Whatever claims you end up having. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just the roles you're in. And that's digitally signed. Yeah. It can, if you want it to be, be encrypted as well. Yes. But as, as a minimum, it's digitally signed. Yes. That's then received by the resource server. The resource server will say, ah, okay, let's check the signature. Mm-hmm. And so there's on, on the ADFS server, there's a token signing certificate. On the resource server, there is the public key of the token signing certificate. Right. And so it identifies it. So the res- as part of the initial establishment of trust, the, the uh, security token service tells the, re- the resource server what signing certificate will you be using. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to tell it directly. Yeah. You, you can tell it through an exchange of federation metadata, or you can manually configure it all. Um, anyway, it's it's arrived. We've got the token. Uh, we've checked the signature, and in, if the signature is valid, we say this token is proof of identity right. and entitlements for the connecting user. Right, and we're in. And that's a f- couple of seconds, you know. Yeah, okay. It gets uh, pretty quicker than that. It depends, it depends where you're going. Of course, it's internet protocol. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, the internet is not always fast. If you're going to go and visit someone in Australia, yeah. Federation. A um, couple of hundred milliseconds of latency for each round trip. Yeah. And, and of course, you, if you decide that you actually you work out of the Hawaii office where your ADFS server is. Right. Uh, yeah, and and you're sitting in London at the time. No, actually, London is probably raining, so you're sitting sitting you're sitting in the south of France. Yes, yeah, someplace yes. sunny. Yes, somewhere sunny on the beach, and you're trying to access this server in uh, well, it's, it's, in it's, Sydney with it's authentication Sydney. in in, in, in uh, yeah. Maui. Maui. Uh, <laughs> you got a lot of, you got a few round trips. Yeah, it's going to go um, hither and yon. But but once it's happened, of course, um, what's going to happen is the uh, the 
target server is going to take the to- token, validate it, mm-hmm. and then it's going to give you back cookies. Right. So as you're going back to the server, you're not going through what I call the, the Federation dance. Right. Go through that whole yeah. thing anymore. That's the whole point. So if you trust another security token service, right. uh, then the dance gets a little bit more complicated. But so um, you just add more cookies onto the equation? Um, no. So, so in, in terms of the token presented to the target server, that mm-hmm. will be identical. Right. So what's happening is the resource server will redirect you to the security token service it trusts. Right. Now, that security token service can authenticate you or it can redirect you to another security token service <laughs> that does the authentication. Right. Which, in turn, could redirect you to another one yeah. that does the authentication. So no, you can... You, you can, get into these evil chains. Yeah, you can chain them, and, yeah. And you can get into a circular reference, too. Oh, you can, and you can get into some very ev- evil chains. Yes. Just because you trust the security token service and everything's working beautifully, yeah. and then they trust your arch-rival, <laughs> you, you, you could end up the, you know, allowing the arch-rival in if you're not careful. So you need, you need to manage that very carefully. Yeah, well, and you don't want these chains to get long. This should be pretty short. Yes, you, you certainly don't want them to get long. And a part of this is you are trusting another partner right. organization or another organization. Yes. And the, that's a business relationship, that trust, mm-hmm. as much as it is a practical ADFS, that's you know, technical federated, te- yes. And, and so as part, as part of the, the business process where you go through and establish this trust, mm-hmm. you've got to define, you know, what the rules are, the, define the rules of engagement for the trust. Where do you see OAuth fitting into this equation now? Because it just seemed to be evolving. Okay, so so this is this again is is interesting. Take it back a few years, mm-hmm. and the authentication uh, protocol of you know of um, that was used in the enterprise. Yep, was probably SAML, right? Right, and then uh, WS Star came along, yes. which is WS Trust, WS Security, WS Federation, mm-hmm. and if you're dealing with a browser, it's WS Federation. Yep. And, and Microsoft have championed that in the, sort of in the .NET uh, .IF, so the Windows Identity Foundation, yes. you know, has all the support for that built in. And then you have the consumer world, right? You know, where you got the likes of people wanting to go uh, to LinkedIn and getting LinkedIn to automatically update their Facebook wall, right? you know, all those sorts of things, going to a company that prints photos, where are your photos? They're on another service. Yes. And and we need to federate that. Mm -hmm. Um, And And these are sort of temporary federations too, but in a much broader reaching way. Yeah, they can be, or they could be, they can be fairly permanent as well. It's, you know. The way, but the the mechanism that allows you to tell Facebook, yes, let LinkedIn have access to my photos. Yeah. Well, you it's, give, a, it's a form of federation. It's, it is federation, yes, mm-hmm. and you give consent. Yeah. So, so um, and and the the trouble is with WSFed and with with SAML, mm-hmm. it uses a heavyweight token. Right. It's it's a heavyweight um, XML token. Yeah. Oh, it's well, hard. It was always it's, a complete yeah, WSFed. It's star. hard work to parse it. It's hard work to you know <laughs> to create it and all the rest and of you it. don't want to haul it around either yeah and you, you don't want it on little handheld devices and all that yeah so, so you know the 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 if you like the consumers went a different way and they went down through a, there's been lots of different protocols that have come and gone 
the OAuth 2 is now a simple protocol. Mm -hmm. um, it uses a lightweight token. So, so what you had is you had, you had the SAML token, and then you had this thing called a, a SWAT, or a, a simple web token. Right. Uh, problem with that is it was too simple. <laughs> didn't know enough. So, yeah. So, so beyond that was the JSON web token. And the JSON web token now is pretty much the de, de facto token used for uh, OAuth. Right. So we're, we're now at OAuth 2. The OAuth 2 is a framework. Um, it doesn't define what the token should be. Right. So you could transport a SAML token in for OAuth 2. Mm -hmm. But... If we look at where we're going most of the time, we're going from apps on handheld devices to web services. Right. right? And, and that's the bulk. And, and these days, it's probably REST web services. Yeah, yeah. And these days, web REST services are secured by OAuth 2. Yes. All right, so access to them. So OAuth 2 has become really, really important to us. Mm -hmm. um, so... If we look at ADFS, do we have an implementation of OAuth 2 in it? And now we do. So that's that. This is as of 2012 R2. 2012 R2. Of ADFS. Of ADFS. Because I would never say version 3. We never say version 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is that, one of the features added in this particular incarnation. So that's in there. There's, oh, uh, there's actually there's, there's a number of what we call um, grants that happen with OAuth 2. And if you interest, it only supports one type at the moment, which is the code grant. Okay. Um, and, and, is that and, like a claim then, a code grant? So what a code grant is, is you, you, you basically, you get a redirect, mm -hmm. right? And you get a redirect and you're sent up to the uh, authorization server, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which, which is, in this particular instance, is ADFS. Right. And what it gives you back is a code. Right, the code comes back to the browser, right, which is effectively your user agent. Okay. So, so, so what, what you, it, what it allows you to do, it allows you to have a browser talking to a web service, right. So it goes off and gets a code back, right, and the code is all that comes back to the browser. So the, the code goes back to the the web service that is going to call another web service. Okay. Right. And what the web service is going to call the other web service does, let's call the other web service the resource service. Right. So our web app is going to call the resource service. What will happen is the web app will go and get, translate the code into a bearer token. And okay. it does that by calling back. So, so basically ADFS gives a code back and then we change the code into a bearer, into a bearer token. token to be passed to the resource server. To be passed the resource server. Okay. And, and just to confuse things, the, uh, our server that is actually calling to the resource server, that's the server that's doing that. It's called the client. <laughs> um, right. it's, it's sort of terminology. Oh, um, man. This is OAuth 2 terminology. And, right. And the client will need to be registered with the authorization server, mm -hmm. and it will have a client ID. It will also have a client secret. So now that client has got, well, client, server, whatever you want to call it, right. has, has actually got the code, which came back from the first thing. Right. And what it does, it submits the code plus its client ID mm -hmm. plus its client secret, which is like its password. Right. And that's all presented up to the authorization server, which is right. And the authorization server says, yep, I understand the client. Yes, the password's right. right. I will translate this code into the, the bearer token. The bearer token. So now we've got the bearer token back, and the bearer token actually accesses the 
back-end service. So, I mean, and this is a, a way to avoid impersonation and having to let the resource know some of these front-end identities so it can have its own set of privileges and, and authorizations, but it's only accessible from this, quote, client service when it gets a Veritoke. Yes. I mean, the, the, the other thing to um, bear in mind, this is all gets a bit esoteric, and, and is, is um, uh, the OAuth 2 mm-hmm. is not an authentication protocol. Right. It's an authorization protocol. Right. It, and if, if you look at it um, from a perspective when you're using it in some of the you know, social networks, mm-hmm. what will happen is you will effectively authorize LinkedIn to gain access to components of Facebook on your behalf. Right. Right. And you that have, was the goal. I want uh, you to yeah, get those email yeah, addresses. Yes. And, 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 and you have what's called a consent page. Mm-hmm. Right. In a, with ADFS implementation, there is no consent page <laughs> because the administrator is setting it up. Right. And therefore the assumption is the administrator wants this to happen. Yeah. It's a sign so it, it happens. Yeah. Now, if we use the OAuth 2 protocol in, um, Windows is your Active Directory. Yes. Uh, provided it's a multi-tenanted app, you will actually get a co- there's an actual common consent framework mm. that's implemented. So you will get the consent page up. Okay. Um, now, just to finish the story, mm-hmm. uh, OAuth is an authorization protocol. Right. Right. And various organizations use the OAuth as an authentication protocol, which is absolutely is not. <laughs> and said, and said, come and you know you can use we us to authenticate to your website right. using OAuth, the authorization component, and actually meant potentially hackers could gain access to other websites through. Wow, um, that there was a layer put on top of that, which um, was sort of proprietary. So Google did it one way, Facebook did it another way, mm-hmm. and that evolved into OpenID Connect. Right. So OAuth doesn't mandate how you authenticate. Right. OAuth doesn't mandate the token format. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you authenticate with OAuth where you could authenticate the user using SAML, WS Federation? Right. Right. Um, but if you want to go, the next step is the layer on top of that is the OpenID Connect. Okay. And OpenID Connect mandates the, the JSON web token format. All right. So it's, you know, it gets fairly complicated and it is, it gets a bit mind blowing as to what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of different pieces together. For folks that have been using ADFS and the sound token approach, do you want to introduce OAuth into this equation at all? Like now that you've got the new version, it's like, I don't think I want to change anything I'm already doing if that's working. It's just when we want to introduce new services that might be consumer-centric where OAuth would be valuable, that that would make sense. Yes, except except um, what's happened is that um, Microsoft, the workplace join, joins right. using OAuth. Well, and, and yeah, this is dealing with this. I get this feeling that like Active Directory is coming down around us just because we now have heterogeneous clients that will never join Active Directory, and we need this workplace join approach that's, that's lighter weight and doesn't support all of these same things. Yes, it's, I mean, it, it's the, the, the workplace join is actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when you do a workplace join, you, you have to uh, pr- provide your credentials. Right. And you join the device to uh, 
the workplace. Right. right. Such, such as that, that is. Yeah, such as that is. And, and um, what will happen at that point is you get a certificate deployed on the device, and you get an object, a device object created in the Active Directory. Mm-hmm. Right? And in that device object is the owner of the device, mm-hmm. plus the operating system, the operating system version, whether the device is registered for management, and, right. and various other um, device-specific settings. Yes. Right? So, so now when that device um, reconnects, what we do is we check the certificate, Mm-hmm. We check device object is valid, right? And we check the user's valid, right? right? And if they are, we're in, right? right? Um, and what happens then is you actually end up with a persistent cookie on mm-hmm. the device, which means next time you come along, you don't have to authenticate because we've got a persistent cookie against the ADFS server, right? We're just going to trust that, yeah, and we we just trust that, but. You lose the device. Well, the administrator just kills the device object. Mm-hmm. Uh, it disables the user account. Um, uh, and what will happen is a next attempt, you'll be required to log in again. Right. But the next very good thing in ADFS, I can't say three. Right. Yeah. You know the one. Yes. <laughs> so the t- 2012 R2. <laughs> Um, the, the really great thing there is now we can make, uh, access decisions based on the fact of whether the device is workplace joined, right. as in registered or not. So what we could do is we could say all unregistered devices, we use multi-factor authentication. Right. Yeah. This is a great opportunity to introduce that. Yeah. And, and, and that can be done through the global policy. Mm-hmm. Or you could do something like you could say, um, everyone can use application A, B, and C, but application D, because we've got some more secure on stuff on there, right. they must use multi-factor for. Right. And so you can actually control multi-factor, whether it has to be used from the internet, whether it's used on the intranet, mm-hmm. whether it's used based on group membership. So some people have to use multi-factor where others don't. Right. And that, and that could be a permissioning issue on the, the application. Sure. So, you know, you might be an administrator. Yeah, and you and, have special you, privileges you, on this app, so we yes, need you to authenticate we, more we thoroughly. We do that. And, yeah. Risk and, is more significant. Yeah. So, so um, we've, got, we've got location. And then, then you could have it based on the device object. Right. So you can actually, you know, you can make authorization decisions saying that you're going to refuse access to, no, I better not say it, iOS devices. A fruit right? device. Yes, a di- <laughs> different device. <laughs> or those are the only devices you're going to allow in. <laughs> you know. so, of course. So, so, so because you've, you, you and, and in terms of the, the, you, the workplace join, you, mm-hmm. know, you can workplace join a, uh, a Windows 8.1 machine, a Windows 7 machine. Right. Uh, actually, there's a caveat in the Windows 7 machine. It has to be a... Domain joined Windows oh, 7 no. machine. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and iOS, uh, version six upwards. So, um, and Android through, uh, Android knock. So, okay. you know, it's, um, finally, it's been recognized. We're that starting there are to get other devices yeah, out there. There are other apart, things in this world apart from Windows. Now, maybe this is not current, but I am really starting to enjoy, not current for the latest version of ADFS, but I am really starting to enjoy sites that are doing the multi-factor authentication per session. So I've got Bitcoins, for example, and when I go to Coinbase, every time I log into Coinbase, it'll immediately ask me for a code and it will text me the code. 
Mm-hmm. So that for this session, I have to do that second factor. And to me, I that raises my confidence level. Yes. This session yep. is specific. There's no tokens carried forward. You have to start over. But I'm not sure that this latest version is there yet. This is really about establishing that once, and once you have the token, you're good for a while. The the idea of per session multi-factors has not really come to rest. Um, yeah, well, it's 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 one, once you've actually authenticated to right. the resource server, right? Yeah, you get a cookie. Yeah, that says you're authenticated. Now, it's up to the resource server to say how long that cookie is valid right. for. Okay, as soon as you come back and the cookie is no longer valid, you'll be redirected we'll be to doing it authenticate again. again. So I could set up that cookie to last an hour. Yeah, or you can have it 10 minutes. Right. Or, and, and, and effectively and, create this multi-factor re-authenticate every yeah, time a new session started. So um, you can be redirected back to the ADFS server, mm-hmm. and, and um, uh, you will have, of course, you'll have, at that point, you'll have a session cookie with the right. ADFS server, so you'd have to find a way of killing that session cookie sure. as well. So, but you know, there's there's lots of flexibility in in, in what you can actually do. And it, yeah, it speaks to the possibilities. I think I feel like we're coming out of the wilderness in identity. You know, lately after a lot of false starts, this latest set of technology is making people happy. They can live with it. You know, it's not too frustrating, and it gives us confidence that things are actually secure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think um, one of the things that's happened is that the federation protocols have settled down. Right. Right. So it was all about you know, enterprise SAML, it's enterprise WS federation, yes. uh, but really it didn't meet the requirements of nice REST APIs. You you were using WS Trust and SOAP calls yes. to backend this systems. Massive and, blobs of XML oh, and horrendous to set up. Um, yeah. And then. Um, uh, so, so that settled down. So, so actually, sort of, pretty much settling on OAuth two, and mm-hmm. I would imagine OAuth two is going to be around for a while. Yes, OAuth two and, and OpenID Connect and, and OpenID Connect. I mean, there was OpenID, which is now really being depreciated, yeah. which was an SSO pro- a single sign-on protocol that was used um, by quite a few providers sure. for a while. Um, actually, it's just interesting. I'm just thinking about go- if Google, Google used to support it. Yeah. And now they say they're depreciating it. Yeah. I think in 2015, I-, I can't remember the exact date, they will no longer support it at all. So they're given a nice cutover period. Yeah. Um, and with effect- an effective alternative. Yeah. So, so it's sort of really to answer your question, things are settled down, right? Mm-hmm. So now the technology can implement something. Yes. And, and have a good chance that, it is going to meet standards that will work across multi-platform. Because yeah. that's the issue, you see. Sure. see. You know, there are standards, and we all know that there are standards. Yes. And, and there are standards that lock us standard. in. Yeah. <laughs> standards that lock you into a vendor and standards that let you span vendors. Yes. They're not the same thing. And, and what we've got to be able to do with in this sort of, I, I call it an identity mashup. Right. But you can call it a nice hybrid identity. Um, in this in this mashup of identity, we have to interoperate successfully yeah. and easily. That's that's the world as it is today. Yeah, John, it's so much fun talking to you. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, and I wish it had been sooner, but it will happen again. Okay, well, thanks for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank right. you. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Mm-hmm.